Welcome to Rise from the Scars. I'm your host, Vanessa Whiting. This is a space for transparent conversation about many different life experiences, relationships, and even trauma. A place to be able to tell your story or have your story told, to own your truth, and to rise above the pain. When we learn to embrace our experiences, tell our truth with transparency, then we triumph. Don't be afraid to tell your story and to own your truth. But when doing that, be strong and know that we're in this together. So let's rise. Now on to the episode. Welcome to episode five, Triumph Over Trauma, a community social justice Facebook live conversation with Dr. Laomi Bliss and Dr. Jacqueline Wright. If you are joining the podcast for the first time, welcome. And if you are returning, welcome back. You may find that there were some things that we wanted to discuss in this conversation that we just weren't able to get back to. Um, If there's a subject that you wanted to touch on in more detail, reach out to me via soulful-solutions.com and leave a suggestion and maybe I can address those in a future podcast. But in the meantime, let's get into the conversation. Welcome to tonight's episode. Welcome to Community Social Justice Atlanta. I am Vanessa Whiting. I'll be your host for this evening. I have two amazing guests coming on with me tonight. And in just a few minutes, we'll be talking about triumph over trauma. I am a licensed clinical pastoral counselor. I'm a certified professional life coach. I am the author of the book, The Matrix, A Look Inside Domestic Violence, and also the host of the podcast, Rise from the Scars. The two ladies that'll be joining us tonight will have some amazing information to bring to this conversation tonight. And if you have some friends or family members that you know that have gone through some trauma in their life, invite them into this conversation and share share our page, the Community Social Justice Atlanta page, so they can be in on the conversation as well. There will be quite um, a deep conversation um, on tonight. There is a lot of folks who go through different forms of trauma that they don't realize is a trauma. And we wanna talk about how you can get to a place of healing. There is 26% of our children in the US that experience some form of trauma in their lifetime. And 60% or so of adults that have experienced some form of trauma as a child. And we wanna talk about that tonight. We invite you to invite your friends again and share the page with them so you can come on and have some conversation. Um, We will be talking with uh, Dr. Bliss tonight and Dr. Wright, who will also share their their expertise on this, this subject tonight. And we appreciate you joining. And if at some point you have some questions that you want to ask of us, you can go ahead and drop that um, in the comment box and we'll see if we can get to those conversations. If we don't get to those conversations on tonight, we will, it'll, it'll give us an opportunity to have more dialogue um, at, a, at a later time. So we want to invite you to come on in, talk to us, share your thoughts as we share, um, excuse me, as we share our thoughts about, you know, trauma. In in trauma situations, we don't realize a lot of what those are. We will deal with their three different phases of trauma. There's acute trauma and there's chronic trauma and also complex trauma. And I think when we we talk about those in detail tonight, I think it'll share some light um, on some areas in your life that you may not have known um, that might have been a trauma experience for you. Um, some, some people deal with trauma when it comes to a loss of a family member or loved one. If you've had a traumatic accident of some form um, or even childhood abuse, domestic violence, all of those fall in the areas of trauma. Um, but we're gonna look at tonight how we can a- address those and, and, and get through those so we can get to a place of healing. Um, we're gonna invite Dr. Wright and Dr. Bliss in just a minute. Um, And I think you'll be excited about the conversation. Again, if you're just joining us, welcome to Community Social Justice Atlanta. We want you to come in on the conversation so we can talk about the trauma experiences that have hurt us and how we can get to a place that we can overcome that. Uh, Trauma, we all deal with it. 
in some shape or form. Um, but how do we how do we survive it? How do we get past it? You know, how do we how do we talk to um, therapy or counseling so that we can get to a healing place? One sometimes we're in our communities we don't um, look at what we go through as something that we can sit down and talk to other folks about. Um, we, you've been conditioned maybe sometimes to whatever happens at home or in your personal life that you keep that to yourself. But I think we can get to a place of healing when we reach out to those who can actually help us get past certain places. We're, we're in, this, in this journey of life, we're not in this by ourselves. We, we need to do this journey with other folks that can help us. So again, Welcome tonight to Community Social Justice Atlanta. Tonight's conversation is about triumph over trauma. We wanna be able to get to a place of healing and not be afraid to have the conversation. So come on in and join us, invite your friends to have the conversation with us. Dialogue, ask questions if you would like. All of us have dealt with it. If you look back at your childhood, you, you never know the experience with a parent maybe walking out and you didn't realize that affected you in such a way. And then as an adult, when people dis maybe walk away from you in relationship, those things flare up. We wanna look at the wounds that you have, not just from a physical place, but from an emotional place as well. You have scars from the wounds that we get from the traumas in our life. But do you want those scars to be something that can be op reopened every time something triggers it, whether it's a conversation, whether it's a person, whether it's a place or a thing, or even a scent from somebody, you will always have some form of, of scarring, but you want to be able to not have that scab be removed every time something triggers it. You want to be able to have that scar, something that you can look at and say, oh, I remember what happened there, but it doesn't bother me the same anymore. So that's the place that we want to get to. So in just a little bit, if you can go ahead and invite your friends so we can have the conversation and dialogue just very openly and just be honest about where you've been, where you come, where you're going in your journey in life. And you'll be surprised at what, what's on the other side for you. Even if you've had trauma that you needed to address and you're not sure where you stand, whether you've healed or not, That'll be what we talk about in the conversation on tonight. So I, I encourage you to be open and to be honest with yourself. Think about the places that you have been in life, the things that you have gone through, whether it was childhood abuse, whether it was domestic violence from a relationship that, you know, gave you some some hurtful experiences or somebody just walking out or even a, a, a loss in life. We want to talk about those things tonight because I think it's some area or some place in our life, we've all dealt with some form of trauma that we might not even realize was a trauma. So I think when you when you when you look at your look at your life and look at the things that you've gone through, you you realize those things you put away may have traumatized you and you just didn't deal with it. We want to talk about that tonight as well. You know, what does trauma look like? What's the difference between trauma and post-traumatic stress dis disorder? We want to talk about, you know, is it is it okay to get therapy? And when do you get therapy? Those will be some of the things that we talk about. We'll address those things. And we're ex we're excited. We're, we're excited about where this conversation is going to go. And, and if there's some things that we don't get to tonight, again, it'll give us an opportunity to have some dialogue at a later time in the in another conversation because i think once we delve into the trauma on tonight we'll realize that trauma stems way beyond just one conversation and i think it's time for us to really start talking about that so we can get to a place that we all can heal so in just a little bit, we're going to, again, invite on Dr. Wright um, with us, and we're going to invite on Dr. Bliss to join us in this conversation. And we're just really excited for you to come on in and, and have the conversation with us. So if you could invite your friends while we're still logging on so we can have this conversation. And right now, I want to welcome in Dr. Wright, and we're going to give her a few minutes to tell us a little bit about herself and what she does. Welcome, Dr. Wright. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so very much, Vanessa. You're welcome. 
I enjoyed that uh, dialogue that you gave. You gave a very comprehensive uh, overview of uh, trauma and some of the effects and the fact that we definitely uh, need to deal with it. But I'm Jacqueline Wright. I'm in private practice. I've been counseling for about 25 years. I have been licensed in the state of Georgia for 18 years. Um, my area of passion is where I counsel from, but my area of passion is helping believers recover from abuse-related issues and to discover their true identity in Christ. I do individual, marital, and premarital counseling. I received my academic training at Georgia State University, Luther Rice Seminary, and Augusty University. And I am a survivor of trauma. And um, that is the, that's the background or, that I use as a personal experience to be able to help others and to be able to identify and recognize uh, some of the issues that uh, my clients are going through. Awesome. So later on, maybe Dr. Wright, you can share with us, if you don't mind, your your level of trauma or what that type of trauma was for you. So people can relate to you and, and know that all of us have experienced it. It's, it's right. not just them. I think everybody needs to know that they're not alone. And yes. now coming on with us. It, thank you, Dr. Wright. We're now we're going to have Dr. Bliss tell us a little bit about her. Welcome, Dr. Bliss. Thank you so much, um, Whiting and Dr. Wright, um, for everything that the both of you have just said. It is a blessing to be here. And um, I thank um, Elder Smith also and um, everyone who's involved with this program because this is such a great thing to do at such a time as yes. this. You know, trauma is so much of it right now happening, you know, in real time. We have COVID. And um, we have all of the various traumas, especially here's my specialty, is counseling African-Americans and especially as they deal with the trauma of living while black. That is a whole area of mental health care. So I am um, Dr. Laomi Bliss and Laomi um, is, uh, sounds like Naomi, but it um, starts with an L. And I am the owner of the Bliss Center. I have a, a private practice. And I also um, am the CEO of Pericletos Institute International, where I train other counselors in the counseling methodology that I think Jesus used. And we call it Pericletos Counseling. It combines both biblical principles and therapeutic interventions. It really works. Uh, we need both. You know, I um, come out of secular counseling where I specialized with helping people with schizophrenia and the bipolar spectrum. It broke my heart because they use the medical model, which usually just puts people to sleep. So mm -hmm. I knew there had to be more because people had a purpose. Everything has a purpose and I right. wanted them to be able to live their lives. So that's been my lifelong um, duty, purpose. I've been counseling for over 20 years, teaching for longer than that. And I'm just blessed that God has, um, allowed me to represent him in this way. So thank you for letting me be on this panel. I know um, I'm going to learn a lot. And also we're going to be able to bless a lot of people. Somebody's going to get well this evening. Yes, yes. So because we limited on time, I know there's a lot that we can cover um, tonight. So I want to go ahead and jump in with some of our questions. Um, if you would, I'm going to start with you, Dr. Bliss. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us what the difference um, between trauma and PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder? Because I think sometimes they kind of cross the lines a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain the difference? Well, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder is normally um, associated with someone who has some leftover toxic stress related to um, military action. But... When we talk about trauma today, trauma is caused by that fight or flight um, episodes that happen inside of our brains. We, we're, when people get into fights, whether it's mental or physical, it has the same effect. So today, the trauma that we are experiencing could actually roll over into that PTSD. And the PTSD, you talked about it a little bit earlier when you talked about acute 
chronic and complex. And um, PTSD moves into that complex where there's been multiple um, stressors, toxic stressors that has impacted that person. Exactly. I want to add just a little bit to that. Um, so when we talk about the, the difference between acute, chronic and complex, mm -hmm. acute trauma results from one single stressful or dangerous traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And for examples, that's like a car accident I talked about, maybe a natural disaster or a loss or something like that falls under the acute category. Mm -hmm. um, chronic trauma is a result of repeated or prolonged exposure to highly stressful events. So if right. a child is being bullied on a daily basis or a child is going through some form of sexual or child abuse of, you know, of any form and even domestic violence falls up under that because that's something that happens on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and that's chronic um, complex trauma is a result from an exposure to multiple types of traumatic events. So you could have yes. all of those that I just mentioned, um, at one one point or the other, um, so it doesn't negate that you don't have post traumatic stress from mm -hmm. those because we don't realize. I think that over time you may mm -hmm. have one traumatic event in one moment, and then something compounds on top of that moment, and then you have another, and then you have another, and we don't realize that these traumas kind of add up, and and we and we kind of shift them aside and then deal with them later or try to deal with them later and then something triggers that so i'm going to ask dr wright the next question if you don't mind what are the signs that a child may be experiencing some form of trauma response or reaction well i don't really work with children but some of the signs um that i've read about and um heard discussed there's a change in the child's if it's physical abuse you'll see some changes in that child's uh physically there may be bruises unexplained bruises mm -hmm. um there may be you know maybe burn marks and uh, uh broken bones or uh, any signs mm -hmm. of trauma to the body okay then there can be psychological or emotional and a child's personality changes from standpoint, it may be a child that may be very outgoing, all of a sudden they become very um, uh, uh, withdrawn. withdrawn. Mm -hmm. They become very withdrawn. And they also, uh, they may be, become very clingy, very afraid, very clingy, or they, you know, or they just, they may just become very angry, mm -hmm. just anger. And there's no explanation for it, but they're just angry. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then just that, you know, they're, they're thinking, you know, just from a psychological standpoint, they're thinking in their mental uh, uh, personalities, but there's a change. There is a change. So from, if it's physical abuse, we'll see some signs of um, uh, some physical signs. And if it's psychological abuse, you're going to see some signs like anxiousness, withdrawn, or the, the clinginess, or either the uh, aggressive, even acting out. A lot of times children will act out. And sometimes if it's sexual abuse, you may find a child acting out uh, uh, sexually right. at an inappropriate age. So things like that. Gotcha. Dr. Bliss, is there something you want to add to that? Yeah, I did. Um, Ever so often, you know, I will have teenagers with me and especially with COVID, you can see that uh, the children are being traumatized when they, their concentration, they're not able to really think and learn as they usually would. They're having nightmares, um, making friends is becoming harder. They're disconnected, sort of like just sitting down, staring off into out of space. And if you see that there's somebody doing that, they become disconnected unable to make friends, they're not reaching out anymore, not learning as they did before. Those are really in great indicators along with self-harm. Self-harm has made, I don't want to say a big comeback, but our young people, they have a name for it where they call it emotes. And, the, and it's just a very common thing now for children who are traumatized to self-harm, either cut themselves or burn themselves. But a lot of times parents don't know it's even happening because they do it where you can't see it. 
Right. I want to just add one other thing for some of the younger children. Um, if you have, if you've had a child that have um, used to bedwet or, or stop bedwetting, um, that could be a potential sign that there's something that's changing or something going on for them. Um, just kind of pay attention to those to those things. But I want to move along because I want to try to touch on some of the other subjects. But if there's anybody out there that has any questions about those things that we've already talked about, uh, feel free to drop those questions. And if we can get to them, we'll get back to those in just a little bit. Um, but I want us to to try to get to a place that we can talk about healing because trauma is very deep. Um, mm -hmm. So the 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 how we we have a, a viewer question and how do parents get help for their kids when they don't want to talk about it? Doctor Bliss, any you thoughts know, on that? Yeah, I do. When the child doesn't want to talk about it, that's when I think you should. Um, get a professional involved and a professional would know how to get that child to open up. One of the things about trauma is that this informed care, when we learn about trauma, we find that caring, empathy is really a part, a greatest, one of the greatest parts of healing is when a person believes that somebody understands what, yes. what they're going through and that they're really there for them. That is the beginning of the healing process. So if their child won't talk, take them to someone anyway. They may be upset with you, but later on, they'll love you. Children tend to really get angry with parents who don't push them. <laughs> you know, they, they balk at it, they complain about it, but if you don't do it, they won't think you're a good parent. So find help for that child. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. um, so let me let me ask the, the next question. Do you believe that a person can have repressed memories of trauma that that are recalled later on in life? So is there something that they may have mm -hmm. experienced in their lifetime and kind of push aside, like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, um, because they just don't know how to deal with that? Um, Dr. Wright, any thoughts on that? Uh, yes, uh, there's been a lot of um, discussion about the accuracy of repressed memories. Mm -hmm. And I'd just like to briefly just uh, say something about how, what happens to us when we experience trauma. Because trauma really is the experience of terrorizing mm -hmm. events. What right. a person feels is if they, uh, their, lives are, their, their lives are threatened. Uh, so what happens is that uh, psychological trauma uh, affects the way a person thinks. And that psychological trauma, those uh, emotions, that fear, those fearful emotions, mem emotional memories are housed in the brain, in the hmm. subconscious part of the brain, what we call the emotional brain. So those memories, those highly charged, fear, fearful memories are housed in the emotional brain. And those memories are what's triggered and we act on those when certain cues, what you smell, something you smell, right. something you see, those cues are some call it triggers. So when that happens, hmm. the unconscious memory acts, it remembers. And so it triggers the body to get into a fight, flight, or freeze mode. So all of that happens in a split second before our what we call our rational brain has an opportunity to kick in and look and, and, and rationalize and look at it from a logical standpoint and say, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of. Amen. So I'm saying all that to say, that those emotional memories that's imprinted in the brain and the emotional unconscious part of the brain are fragmented. So a person may remember some things and but they may not have a full accurate understanding of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know but whether they but whether they whether it's accurate or not the point of it is, it's their experience and we have to work with them on it. Right. But I think, too, that people, when we go through trauma, just you, you, because we're human by nature and to protect ourselves, 
we mm-hmm. push away certain experiences in order to yes. survive. So mm-hmm. with with that being said, Dr. Bliss, what it, what are your thoughts on those repressed emotions? Because I think most people, it's very hard to deal with the trauma, especially if you're a child and you've gone through mm-hmm. some ch- sort of childhood abuse or domestic violence, you try to do what you can to survive. Right. So in doing that to survive, you kind of, what we say, push it under the rug. You push it mm-hmm. under the rug to just get by. So with, with doing that, what? how do you deal with that? Well, you know, one of the things that I'm positive about is that most people, most African-Americans are in survival mode. They live in a state of survival. In right. order to survive, we have to push certain things away uh, else we would never make it through the day. So we keep um, repressing it, even even on, on purpose. Not that we're forgetting it. We deliberately decide, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to put that over there. You know, I'll think about that tomorrow. And one thing that I do when someone walks into my office, because I understand the person who walked into my office is a survivor. They may not even know it. And I'll say to them, I am so happy to see you. I see you made it. So many people don't, but you did. So you got some baggage. And that's acknowledging that I understand it took a lot for you to get here. And I know you may not know all the things that are wrong, but we're going to unpack this. But the fact that you got here. That mean that means a lot. So yes, and and you know I don't even want to go into repressed memories because there are memories that we have before language, and all we can do is cry about it. Mm-hmm. So there's good. A, yeah, there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, but I think that that's what we're in place for, and and I think with the for me with the help of the Holy Spirit. I can we can I can identify those things and then use what we know scientifically, therapeutically to help that person live and live their life better. Get rid of all that. Okay, so that what you just said about therapy is a segue mm-hmm. to the, the next question I want to ask. When is it when is it too late or 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 how soon should a person start therapy? Oh, do you mean in age or you mean <laughs> at any time, at any for at any time after a trauma? Is it ever too late? It is never too late because those triggers are still there and you really want to get in there as soon as possible before it does turn into a a PTSD, a disorder, before it becomes a a severe and persistent mental illness, before it turns into something that you're going to need medication for. Trauma, all trauma doesn't require medication. It requires to identify that, that fear. Because what has happened, like um, what Dr. Wright said, that person has become terrified and has felt helpless. And again, when I look at African-Americans, I know that on a daily basis, could you imagine when you wake up in the morning till the time you go to bed at night, you get an image of something frightening that concerns your color. And so that is traumatizing. And um, we need to address it and understand that as a group of people, we can't sweep it under the, the rug. It's going to come back. It's going to show up as anger. It's going to show up as shame. It's going to show up as being unforgiving. It's going to show up. And so the best thing to do is love each other through it. Therapy. Talk it out. Talk therapy. Yes. Yeah. And may I, I like to add that. Go ahead. Go those, ahead. Those repressed memories. Yes, they are with their perp. They are we'll push them down because it's just something we can't deal with. But that doesn't mean that they are not affecting us. Mm. They are affecting Mm -hmm. us. And that's why it's necessary. That's why it's important to be able to have someone to talk to in a safe, um, non-judgmental, trusting environment so that you can that out. But the thing of it is, whether you remember the repressed memories or not, they are still there affecting your behavior and affecting your choices in life. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if, if, because there's such a demand on the people going through a lot of things with, with COVID and, and, and otherwise it's hard to get appointments with, with medical professionals, because the appointment is so, you, there, there's a demand for so many appointments yes. and not enough time slot. Is there something that you could recommend on trying to get in to be seen at this time? 
you know what I would recommend if you can't get to a mental health professional, look at coaches, look at your Christian counselor within the church environment, and they will also refer you out if they believe that this is um, this requires someone with more expertise and more skills, they will refer you out. But the thing is, find someone you can trust to talk to first. If, I mean, if you can't find a mental health, talk to a trusted friend and get this up and out of you. And I like what uh, Dr. Wright said also in a, um, a no judgment zone. Yes. yes. Is, there is no judgment here. And nothing is wrong with a person who feels bad if they've been mistreated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just not your fault. And that's something that people take on. I must have did something wrong. Even the woman who gets raped, or oh, it must have been something I had on. Oh, it must have been the way that I was walking. Well, but you, do you understand? So, I do. You didn't do anything wrong to get to this place. So now it's just get better. Right. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Wright. That's one of the areas that we have to work with with individuals that have mm -hmm. uh, been victims of psychological trauma. And mm -hmm. that is that's, that's guilt. That mm -hmm. is that's the image that has been uh, um, tainted or distorted in some way. Uh, and that the guilt that they're carrying mm -hmm. and the shame that they're carrying because of what the sin that someone else did to them. Mm -hmm. Because right, of what was done. That's They're good. carrying the effects of someone else's sin. That's so good. That's I, I, I do. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dr. Wright, but I wanted to go back to a little bit about um, something you and Dr. Bliss said about being in that safe space, yes. being able to go to somebody that you can trust. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very important for people to understand that when you seek counsel or therapy or somebody that's in your community service, whether it's your church or um, somebody that's a family member, you want to be able to talk to that person and trust the information that you're giving to them mm -hmm. is going to be safe. Um, I think in our communities, not just ours, but communities at large, uh, there is a stigma when it comes to having conversation about any form of trauma. Um, so if you look at childhood abuse, for example, or domestic violence, um, Dr. Wright touched on it. There's a level of guilt that's carried there about mm -hmm. what happened. Mm -hmm. And when we get past the guilt and want to give that information to somebody, you want to know that that information is safe. Right. It's safe. But I think that the conversation tonight and conversations that we might be able to have going forward, we have to be able to put ourselves in a, in a light that we can help each other as a community, help mm -hmm. each other to know that the information that you give me, I'm going to hold it dear to my heart because I want you to get help. I want you to be in a better place. I want you to be safe. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be healed and I want you to be whole. So all of those things um, are, is, is very important. So you got to know your circle. Um, so I just want to, I just wanted for, for those who are just coming on, Welcome to Community Social Justice Atlanta. We're having a conversation tonight about triumph over trauma. We have been talking about the statistics um, of trauma itself, what the difference of trauma versus PTSD is. If you're mm -hmm. just joining us, go ahead and invite some friends into the conversation. There might be some things that you want to ask, um, and we appreciate you joining us. We have Dr. Wright with us tonight and Dr. Bliss, who is sharing their many years of experience on this subject, and we want to we want to keep moving forward forward in the conversation so we'll know um, how to get to a place of healing. It's not always easy. And there's mm -hmm. different forms of trauma. We talked about that a little bit earlier. There's acute trauma um, where, where there's a trauma that only deals with one, one level of a traumatic event. There's, mm -hmm. there's chronic trauma where there's different levels of, of abusive uh, situations. And there's also um, complex Mm -hmm. where there's multiple levels of trauma. So we just want you to, to join us in the conversation. If you have any questions, we're going to continue with Dr. Wright and Dr. Bliss and see if we can get some answers to maybe some of the questions that you have. And if we don't mm -hmm. get to those questions tonight, we may have a, another conversation um, that stems from something else that was said on the, on the platform tonight. But I do want to ask, um, so what happens if 
if nothing is done to address any type of trauma. And I'll um, ask Dr. Wright and then Dr. Bliss, you can chime in on that as well. Mm -hmm. But Dr. Wright, you go ahead. So if if somebody has had a, a traumatic event in their life and they don't they don't do anything about it to deal with it, what what happens in those situations that you've seen in your in your years of experience? Well, untreated trauma um, manifests itself in our relationships. That's good. Destructive relationships. Untreated trauma manifests itself in our, our lifestyle choices. Mm -hmm. um, some of the um, some of the results of untreated trauma are uh, drug abuse, alcoholism promiscuity. So with that, we've got uh, not only that, but we have uh, people who have who develop depression. They are living with anxiety. Because remember, the root of psychological trauma is terrorizing fear. Mm -hmm. And fear is, you know, is manifested through anxiety and, and um, other levels. So we've got, so then with untreated trauma, not only does it uh, uh, manifest itself in our relationships and our personal choices, life choices, but it can also, science has shown this, it can also manifest itself in health-related issues, mm -hmm. like high blood pressure, which is a lot of that in African-American community heart problems, cancer. So can I ask obesity. you, yes, can I ask you, Dr. Wright, when it comes to relationship, you say you see people that deal with the, the trauma after effects in their relationship. What do you see when you see a couple that comes in um, in their relationship? What, what, what affects them? When you say what affects them, what? Yeah. Is it is it that they they can't deal with their their partner in the relationship due to due to the trauma that they've had? Well, the trauma that they have affects the way that they uh, interact in the relationship. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, because they're unhealed. So a healthy relationship takes two healthy people. Yes. Yeah. So if you know if one is unhealthy then eventually, you know, the whole relationship may eventually become unhealthy. Um, let me just use myself personally. I had problems. I, I had a history of, of uh, problems in relationships, not choosing wisely. And one of the reasons for that is was the uh, effects of psychological trauma, emotional trauma that I had gone through. But the problem was I didn't have the advantage of a conversation like what we're hearing here. I didn't know what I didn't know what uh, psychological abuse was. I didn't know the signs. So I wasn't able to put a name to what I had, what I was dealing with. So how it manifested in me, uh, the shame and the guilt it manifested in me was in my uh, my role as and as a perfectionist. I got my you. Role, you follow me? My yes, ma'am. Being overly responsible in a relationship. So it manifests itself different. And I want to ask Dr. Bliss if she would add something to that too, because you've you've had several years of experience, and I'm sure you deal with couples mm -hmm. as well some of the things that you notice in the manifestation of the relationship like dr wright talked about mm -hmm. you can know, you share can you share that with us yes there's even a name for it post-traumatic infidelity disorder actually comes has triggers involved with it where the person actually acts as though they are someone who's in a war zone reliving that experience if they walk go past a corner where they may have found their spouse with someone else, it may trigger a reaction, same type of reaction as though it's happening right then. So trauma without it being treated, you started, can you lead to um, alcohol and drug abuse? 
not being able to stay in healthy, again, relationships, and also holding another person accountable for what someone else did in their lives earlier. And so we find trauma crossing the spectrum. One of the things I think we as mental health professionals have to do is help remove that stigma yes. from seeking help, removing the stigma from going to talk with someone and admitting something is wrong with my thinking. You know, one of the things I like to say, I help people think right. Um, and to address what's true and what's not true because fear uh, will cause a person to uh, panic, freeze. When we talk about freezing, fear is is the enemy of ours, our peace of mind. And um, trauma is this fear manifested where a person's safety has been shattered. And that's why that, I have. Mm -hmm. And that and that's very good. I want to touch on a, on something that you said about having the the conversation. Do you think, from a standpoint as a community, were we conditioned or were we trained or what? Where do you think that comes from that we don't feel like we can seek help um, from a medical or mental health professional? Where does that stigma come from? You think? It comes from a couple of places. One, couple of years ago, there wasn't a mental health professional for us to go to. Not like right now, not where we could identify someone, pick up the phone book. We often would go to someone who did not look like us and had not experienced what we were going through, usually didn't understand. And then you might find yourself in some deep trouble if you said the wrong thing. So that would be number one. We had no mental health professionals. Number two, and because of that, we took care of our own folks. You know, we had Uncle Jed up in the, the attic or <laughs> we took care of our folks, but we didn't put them in mental health hospitals. Right, right. And so the stigma was this, get yourself together. You know, that's usually what you would hear. Get yourself together, get busy, stop wallowing, Stop thinking about this. You got things to do. We don't have time to suffer. We don't have time to sit down and talk about our problems. You got to go to school or you got to go to work or you got to take care of these children or whatever the issue may be. So we have been indoctrinated that it was a shame, almost a shameful thing to fall down on the mental health job. You know, you, you're not thinking right. What's the matter with you? We don't, and, and nobody is coming to, here we go. Here's our safety. Nobody's coming to take care of us. And, and usually people don't call the police. We didn't call the police back in those days because the police wasn't a good thing to do. So nobody is coming to help. Get yourself together. But nevertheless, the trauma still remained. And now, though, the doors are opening, which is so good for good mental health, for opportunities to get rid of some of all this garbage, all of this weight that people have been carrying around and they can live life on purpose. So I'm glad about that. But yeah, yes. we, yeah. Yeah, you know, it in one one of the um listeners was she mentioned what I'm I'm going to say what she mentioned but I was just thinking it is that we were conditioned that what happens in the house stays in the house. That's right. There's no conversation outside of what happens here. So I think the, having conversations now and knowing that we have um resources for mental health that we have to know that it is okay for us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that our skin is brown, you know, um, mm -hmm. because all of us deal with trauma just like anybody else. Yes. But I think that once we come together as a community and have that conversation that no longer what happens here stays here, mm -hmm. um, then we become a better people. We, we become a healed people. Mm -hmm. We become a whole people. Um, but, you know, I'm going to take it back a little bit further. And I don't know if anybody thinks like I do, but it's all in conditioning. You know, if you if you look way past slavery, there was no conversation to be had because you couldn't talk to each other. Right. And that's why it ended up staying in the house, so to speak. That's right. But when you break generational curses, mm -hmm. this is when we become whole. Right. So you have to take off the I'm I'm going to do what grandmama did mm -hmm. and, and do better, because the saying is when you know better, you do better. This is where we are. So That's now right. that we know mental health is available to us, we have to reach out to those people that we can talk to that 
they don't necessarily have to look like us, but Dr. Bliss, yeah. you made a point that when they do look like us, they're more relatable to the things that we go through as, as brown people. Mm -hmm. um, but health, it, mental health is available to everybody. Yes. We just have to be able to have an open conversation about it mm -hmm. and be okay to know that there's nothing wrong with me. All of us go through something at different stages or different places mm -hmm. in our life. And we need each other to get through sometime. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think once we open up the dialogue that that's happening and you know that it's not just you, we all can become better. Mm -hmm. So I do want to go to, um, I want to talk about healing a little bit. Okay. How, do, how do we get there? What does that look like? Now that we've had mental health therapy or self-care, what, what do we do to make ourselves better? Um, you know what? what? I started out earlier when I said loving yourself, the more you love yourself, the less nonsense you're tolerating. And loving yourself is not vanity, it's sanity. Yes. Part of when we love ourselves, we look after ourselves. So what healing looks like is looking, taking care of your mind, which is an uh, organ, just like you would take care of your body. You love yourself enough to not allow people to assault you mentally. And if you do get into a state of mind where there's anxiety or stress, you're starting to feel depressed and you're, you're not yourself, that you love yourself enough to seek the help. And, and the other thing I want to say is that, you know, we don't call it, this is not about being crazy. I know when I worked in mental health, we used to have a joke. We would say, people in here are not crazy. There's the ones that are not diagnosed out there that, you know, may be having a problem. So people have to get over thinking that if um, you're not able to process information in a way to get safe, that that means you're crazy. It does not. It means that you have had an onslaught of toxic, stressful events. They have overwhelmed your thinking. And you need to get to someone to help get all of this mess up off of you. And this is just as simple as that. And the way life has been recently, we've all been overloaded. We got to watch this. This is, you know, this is just now people we're talking to. This is every last one of us. When we get image after image and terroristic threat after terroristic threat and just a, a threat of living while black, it can cause us to feel really unsafe. And we have to face that. And we have to get to someone and say, you know what? I woke up this morning and I was, I had to shakes and I don't even know why. And I get that a lot. People don't even know what the matter is. So we have to help them to address the trigger or address what this memory is. Says, did you see that on TV? Yeah, I was watching that. And this morning when I woke up, I couldn't get myself together. Let's talk about that. Help people process what's happening today. Don't sweep, don't let, let's not in the 21st century sweep this under the rug. We need to talk about it. Exactly. Dr. Wright, did you want to add something to that? Uh, yes, I do agree with Dr. Bliss that we need to, uh, that love is healing. Love mm -hmm. is healing. We have, to, we have to understand also that healing is a process. Amen. And it starts with identifying and accepting the fact that, yes, I have been traumatized yes. mm. and I am being controlled by emotions that need to be resolved. Amen. But it is a process. And uh, one of the things, uh, you know, we talked about is how things that we don't talk out, we will act out. So we do need to talk them out. But I think also with that love comes acceptance. Right. We have to, because trauma does affect our self-image. So we have to begin to, uh, in essence, our identity has been stolen. So we mm -hmm. have to begin to accept who we are and, and, and learn who we are. What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And if you're saved, what are the gifts that God has given us? So start build, you know, build who I am so that you can set those boundaries as Dr. Bliss was talking about to uh, keep you to uh, protect yourself mm -hmm. from uh, words and protect yourself from behaviors that um, are not healthy for you. So acceptance 
and uh, beginning to, uh, it's a process and then it's acceptance of who you are because each of us, each of us is, is unique. Exactly. So we need to accept who we we are. But the main thing is identifying the fact and accepting the fact, yes, I'm dealing with trauma. Yes, I do need help. And the other thing is this, it is a process, but are you ready to deal with it? Yes. So did, so with, with that being said, trying to help someone get to a healing place, it's important to come to terms with there has been some trauma that has happened to you. It is mm -hmm. not always your fault that that trauma has happened. Yes. And it's okay, but it's it's not your responsibility to feel guilty right. if someone else caused the trauma for mm -hmm. you, but it's a process. Yes. yes. So when you recognize that you've gone through a trauma, take one step at a time, day mm -hmm. at a time, mm -hmm. and walk through the process. Once you have found somebody that can be your partner to be accountable of of the information that you provide for them but then also see yourself how you've been created yes god god doesn't create anything that's not great amen so once you realize who you are in him mm -hmm. walk in the love of yourself mm -hmm. but in doing that also forgive yourself yes you have to forgive the other person if it's a person situation or some form of abuse, forgive the other person and then also forgive yourself mm -hmm. and then walk in the freedom and allow yourself to be able to walk out your process. However long that takes, because it looks different for everybody. Amen. You some one person may experience trauma that may be the same type of event, but we're all built differently. So you may experience it in a minor fashion. And somebody else may experience that same trauma and it may be extreme to them, but don't negate that their trauma didn't, didn't affect them. It may just affect them differently, but we all have to be empathetic when it comes to how we respond to things that happen to us in our life. But just know that certain things that happen to us are, is not our fault. And we have to be able to walk out the process and know that we, we can be greater than that, but we have to love ourselves in the in the process of of healing because healing is there for us mm -hmm. amen we we have just a a few more minutes um but i want dr bliss if you could to just touch on a little bit one more time how important it is to to get some therapy once you've gone through some trauma so that you can get to that healing place and kind of what that looks like and amen. yeah and then Share that with us and give us your final thoughts. Okay. I think that, first of all, I believe in yearly mental health checkups. So I think if we could just get that going, it would help people to really release some of the anxiety and say, you know, where it becomes just commonplace. Did you have your mental health checkup today? Right. Go in and sort of talk it out. And the other thing I believe, too, that when a person goes into counseling, like Dr. Wright said, and you, you did also, Minister Whiting, is that um, it's a process. You got to do the work. When you get into counseling, be prepared to do the work. Go in deep and open up. So one of the things that I have in my practice is an assessment, and it's called the five root causes. And I believe each and every one of us have these same five things. And I'll ask a person, who are you angry with? Who do you need to forgive? What are you ashamed of? What um, what are you afraid of? And at the bottom is how are you prideful? And the pride is yes. what is my responsibility here? Because even though the trauma may not be your fault, you at least have the responsibility to love you enough yes. to get that help. And then you can have the healing. And I love this triumph over trauma because it is a triumphant thing to do, like getting out of school. And when you get to that I love this, what you said also, your healing place. Mm -hmm. It is a place and it is your place of safety, your individual customized, here's my happy place. And I think that's where we're all trying to get to in the long run. So I think, you know, and God, and to me, again, God has to be a factor in your healing. He brings in that supernatural healing where you get a renewed mind, 
then that leads to a transformed life. Amen. Thank you for that. Dr. Wright? Oh, as for, uh, I'd just like to say in context with what uh, Dr. Bliss was saying with healing, mm -hmm. the work has to be done. You have to be willing to get in and do the work. And it is painful. And sometimes, the cli sometimes clients pull back because they can't, you know, they'll go so far and they have to pull back. But that's okay. That's part of the process. But I'd just like to add that uh, healing involves dealing with the anger. Because when you're mistreated, you are angry. Some mm -hmm. may say that they're not angry, but they are angry. <laughs> you have to deal with the anger. You got to deal with the fear. Mm -hmm. We have to deal with the guilt. And we have to yes. deal with the shame. And we have to deal with the pride. We right. have to deal with all of that in order, resolve all of that. And it's a process in order to be healed and to be free from the controlling power yeah. of fear that's in that's good that's good and i think it's important you know we talk about like being able to get to that healing place and loving ourselves and 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 forgiving others and us and you know and ourselves and pride is a big thing because i think you know dr mm -hmm. Wright and and dr bliss you probably mm -hmm. know it as well, we don't always recognize pride for what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But once we once we lay down the pride, even going through the brokenness, we have to know, even though we may have made some bad decisions, even in that broken place, those decisions don't define who we are. Amen. They don't define who we are. We just have to dis we have to take charge of where do I go from here? And I think a big thing, because I have experienced my level of uh, abuse, I had to find a place to forgive me. Mm -hmm. And I think once we do that, we can get to a place of we can get to a place of healing. Yes. So I just I just want to remind everybody um, that there are levels to to trauma mm -hmm. and it looks different than pro, uh, PTSD in yes. some forms. You know, there's acute trauma, there's chronic trauma, and there's complex trauma. When you recognize where you are and what place you fall, find a mental health professional that can help you walk through this process, but know that the process is a daily thing. It doesn't happen overnight. The trauma that caused you to get in the place that you're in didn't happen overnight. So mm -hmm. trust, trust the process, love yourself through it, Forgive yourself for where you are and the decisions that you made and then move forward because there is still healing on the other side of the decisions that you make. And mm -hmm. I want to thank Dr. Wright and Dr. Bliss for the conversation tonight. We have just a few um, few seconds left. If you have any uh, final comments or anything like that, tell people where they can find you real quick. Um for any services that you might be able to offer and then lend ourselves to some additional conversation that we might be able to heal and have triumph over the traumas that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. Amen. I would just like to let um, those that are listening, I want you to know that you are loved. And the fact that you're listening or watching this program is not an accident. I pray that you will get in touch with one of us or get in touch with someone else that can help you get to the real you. You are needed and wanted on this planet. So I don't, I can't see you, don't know who you are, but you are needed. You are wanted. Get better so you can get into your job. And I'd like to just add that you don't have to suffer. Amen. You definitely don't have to suffer and that God has made a way through his Son's uh, death, burial, and resurrection on a cross for us to be free and for us to be healed. So there is a solution to your problem. What we are asking is that you just acknowledge the fact that yes, there is a problem because you Amen. can't solve a problem unless you first identify it. So, Amen. but there is healing and there is hope and you can be free. You don't have to continue to live a victim under the control of traumatic stress. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you for joining us tonight. I just want to thank everybody that joined us for Community Social Justice Atlanta tonight for the conversation of triumph. 
triumphing over trauma. If you um, would like to come June, we're going to be celebrating Juneteenth. We would like for you to come on and join mm -hmm. us for uh, that conversation as well. But again, thank you ladies. Um, for the conversation tonight. And I hope this was healing and helpful to somebody. And until next time, thank you for joining us. Amen. Amen.